<laughs> so, I would like to speak about um, a particular topic that has to do with Yaakov Avinu, and that's angels. Yaakov Avinu and the angels. Now, you may remember that Yaakov Avinu confronted angels three times. Angel or angels, three times. Once when he was leaving Eretz Yisrael, once when he was coming back to Eretz Yisrael, and finally in our parasha, when he had, um, when he confronted this angel who was the, um, some, had something to do with Esau, at least according to Chazal. Those are the three guys we'd like to, uh, I'd like to think about with you what the connection uh, what it was that the angels did for Yaakov of you know why you needed angels so the first source is Rashid Perkafet and it says in Pasuk Yudbet that Vayachalom Vinei Sulam Mutzav Aksa V'Roshel Bagia Shemaima Vinei Malachai Elohim Olim B'Yordim Bo that's the part that I'm it is Yaakov of you has a dream and in his dream he sees angels going up and down. I love it, that's Scottish. It's Irish? Yeah. I love it anyway. A sheet. Where is there a sheet? There were a bunch right here. I don't know what happened here. Oh, they're always in the back. So anyway, it says, Malachi Lukim Olim V'yodim Bob. Olim V'yodim. Now Rashi says, we all know the Rashi, we all remember. Rashi says, Olim Tchilach. Rachakach Yodim. He means that angels go up, and other angels come down. Um, this is similar in some way to the Keves, that was connected to the Mizbeach in the Beit HaMikdash. Right, you remember, Keves is a ramp. But the, but the Mizbeach, the altar in the Beit HaMikdash was very big. In order for the Kohanim to get to the altar, they walked up on a ramp. And then they, when they got to the top of the altar, they did things there. They, it wasn't, they couldn't possibly do it standing on the ground. They did do that with the small Mizbeach that was in the Kodesh, in the, in the sanctuary. There was a small, called the Golden Mizbeach, the Golden Altar, where the Ketoret, where the incense offering was given. Well, I'll say it again. There was a big Mizbeach, and there was a little Mizbeach. To get to the top of the big Mizbeach, you had to walk up a ramp. The Hebrew word for the ramp is a keves, right? Which is very similar to the Hebrew word for sheep, right? But it's a different word. You know, sometimes there are words that sound alike, but they're different. They're not to do with each other. Spelled the same way? What? Spelled the same way? Yes. It's spelled and said the same way. So, on this keves, there was a rule that the Kohanim would go up on the right side of the kevis, and they would come down on the left. So if you're looking at the kevis, like I'm looking at it, you go up on the right, and you come down on the left. And this was 
the way the Malachim went, the way the Malachim came in Yaakov's dream. And that's what Rashi says. Olim yodim. And it was a, a, a whole row of, of angels going up and another row of angels coming down. Malachim and this is when, this is the moment when Chutz La'aretz was invented. Because even though Abraham went to Egypt, and Yitzchak went to Plishtim, to the land of the Philistines, uh, somehow this idea that there's Chutz La'aretz was not really, um, not really discussed. Rashi invented it. Rashi invented for our benefit, invented Chutz La'aretz. What is Chutz La'aretz? What's the difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz La'aretz, according to Rashi? Eretz Yisrael has Malachim, and Chutz La'aretz has Malachim, but they're not the same. That's the difference. That's the difference between Eretz Yisrael and Chutz La'aretz. Uh, what that means, of course, is not yet perfectly clear, right? So, uh, the Sukkim go on and say, Hashem uh, Allah, that God somehow was on the top of this procession by Yomar and Hashem Abraham So again, God promises. You know, of all the promises God made to the Avot, the promise that they're going to get Eretz Yisrael is repeated most often. And it's hard, it's hard to understand at first why God has to reiterate this promise that was made to Abraham and then to Yitzchak and now to Yaakov. Why does, why does it have to be said again and again? Why is it because, after all, it seems to me that, at least in theory, it's a very hard thing, thing to understand. Because the world was created by Kodesh Bob. God created the world. God created the world. So all the world is worthy. I mean, what, I mean, what is this made with? You're living in God's world, in God's place. I mean, okay, you don't want to live in a place with bad people, but you know, they're very bad. There are bad people every place. You find a place where there are good people. It's like, but but according to this Rashi, the way Rashi analyzes it, the thing that he learned, he Yaakov Avinu learned when he was going to Chutzlaret, is that there's such a thing as Chutzlaret. When Rivka, his mother, said, go, she said, well, go to the family. They'll take care of you. Right? That was like, you know, Rivka's position, and Yitzchak agreed. But, but they didn't say that there's a quantitative or qualitative difference between life in Eretz Yisrael and life in Chutzlar. They talk in those terms. So again, uh, the next Fasuk, Fasuk Yisdalit. Vayazar Ha. So, God again reiterates the two promises that he made to Abu Rabinu, the promise of Eretz Yisrael and the promise of, of progeny. Now, that you'll become a tremendous, a tremendous. So, you know, when, when Abu Rabinu, when Abu Rabinu received that blessing, he didn't have any trouble with the idea that he'd have a lot of children, but he did have a certain amount of trouble with the idea of Eretz Yisrael because he sent to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right, something that 
we find difficult to kind of integrate that Aaron Ravina said which according to Chazal means how, how do I know that my children and grandchildren etc. will always be worthy of Eretz Yisrael maybe, maybe they'll, they'll won't be worthy maybe they'll be kicked out of Eretz Yisrael I mean, how can you say God how can you say that, that they're going to get it maybe they won't get it because Aaron Ravina understood that it was a deal like you get Eretz Yisrael, but you have, to be, you have to deserve it. You, if you don't deserve it, you're not going to get it. So, Avram asked the question, and uh, here, and therefore it's reiterated, you can see that the question was probably hanging in the air. But you know what the Gemara says? The Gemara in Tana says that God answered Avram Avinu. And he said, well, you know, you'll serve God, your children will serve God. So, Avram Avinu said, what if they don't? What if they don't? So, so the Beit HaMikdash will be destroyed. There won't be any way to connect to God. So, so God says, well, it's okay, they'll daven every day. And when they daven, they'll say the korbanot of the day. The korban. We, we do that today. That is, we, I mean, the people who get to shoot on time. The people who come late, uh, they don't do it. But the people who come on time, they do it because before Tsukhaji Zimra in the morning, right, every day of the year in Shakrit you say Tsukhaji Zimra, then you say Shakrit, which consists of, uh, uh, I mean, you say Zimra, that's, oh, this is Shakrit, Tsukhaji Zimra, which is like all introductory somehow, then Kriyachma, then Shimon Esrei. That's how, that's how the davening is organized. But before you start davening, after Berkota Shachar, which you say, you know, you can say at home when you get up, you know, you say you've got the shachar. You have to wait till you go to shul. In fact, there are many shuls where, I mean, in Chutzlar, as I remember, I have made recollection that uh, the, the Shleir Tzibur would say the brachot, brachot the shachar. But here in Eretz Israel, very often they don't say it because they assume that everybody's saying it at home. And if they're not saying it at home, they still would so mind that it takes less time to doubt it. Well, it's also also a boon. So there's uh, in that part of the Siddur that comes after Birkota Shachar and um, before Shacharit, which starts with Psukei Ran and Kriyach Rajvon Ezra, in there, there's a lot of there are a lot of mention of Karbanot. And the reason that the Karbanot are mentioned is Gemara. Because the Gemara says that even if there are no Karbanot, but if you say the words of the Karbanot, if you mention the Karbanot as they are mentioned in the Torah, that schut, that merit, will enable you to reclaim Eretz Yisrael. So you hang on, if you hang on to the Beit HaMikdash somehow, even if it's only words, if it's only words, you are uh, uh, worthy that makes you worthy, you am Yisrael, worthy of reclaiming the land where the Beit HaMikdash will be built. So now, uh, why did I say all of that? I said it because there was always suspicion, Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, about that bracha, about getting the land of Eretz Yisrael, because everybody understood, everybody in the Avot understood that you had to be worthy. 
You're not going to get it if you're not worthy. So that the worthiness, the minimum level of worthiness is that you say those spilos every morning, right? Uh, so this is a... So had this had this dream. And when the dream is over, when the dream's over, he gets up and he looks around and he says, I just discovered a remarkable thing. That this place that I was on, and that's a problem also, but this place that I went to sleep on, and I got up and I had my dream, that's Beit Elohim, Vizeshar Hashemayim. And these words, Shar Hashemayim, Shar Hashemayim, demand a certain kind of interpretation. Shara Shabbai means the gate to heaven. Now, what is the gate to heaven? Why did Yaakov Avinu say that? What does he mean when he said the gate to heaven? It seems to me that the natural inclination of man slash woman, right? Did I say man? And I'll be forgiven. The natural inclination of man. You have to say man because women are firmer than men. So you have to always include the men in anything that's happening, you know, if it's of a religious nature. Zeshar Hashemai. In history, very interesting how it's told in the Torah that God created a rakia. Now, Rakia was translated in some version of the Bible as firmament. It was an invented word. Firmament. It's like a, a firm thing in the sky which separates above it from below it. That's what Rakia is. So, when God created the world, God said, look, up in heaven, we have God, the hosts, the angels, I mean, whatever words you like to use about whatever's going on up there. And below the firmament, below the rakia, there's the created world. The implication of that creation is that they should have nothing to do with each other. Because you can't get from one to the other. It's as though God said, look, I'm creating the world, and it's for you. For you guys. Do whatever you want in the world. But we know that that's not true. We know that God had demands on the world. Because when the world did not live up to the divine uh, demand, it was destroyed. Noah, right, Noah? The, word was, the world was destroyed. Yes? Yes. So it's reasonable that man should want to go to heaven. Man doesn't want to be separate from God. Well, man wants to be with God. I mean, that's like Shita. All religions offer that to their believers. I, I don't mean to say that I've studied all the religions in the world. But I thought it would sound good <laughs> if I said that. So religion is about getting close to God. It's like, what are you doing? You do your mitzvah. What's a mitzvah? A mitzvah is what God wants me to do. So I want so I'll so find favor in God's eyes. And that's the idea. And then what does favor mean? Favor means that, that you're like a notch closer than you were before you did. That's what everybody wants. 
Everyone's ultimately, right, if you're a Kabbalist, or if you're a, a Buddhist, or if you're a, a meditationist, or like you, you feel that you have some kind of grasp on the notion of unity. So when the Dohatwad Gas came along, when the people of the world came along and said, let's build the tower up to heaven, they were, they were doing the right thing. From their point of view, they want, it was a religious act building the Tower of Babel, but since they contradicted God's will, and what was God's will represented by? The Rakia. So they were punished. They were punished because they contradicted God's will, not because they wanted to do something that was unacceptable, coming close to God, coming close to heaven. It's just that they weren't allowed to do it in their way. They had to do it in God's way. And that's why, as I told you, the Chazal say, that the creation ended with Matan Torah. Right? On the sixth day of Sivan. Creation ended because the Torah enables me legitimately to seek a connection with God. So how do I do it? I do mitzvot. I do what God wants me to do. Just like I, I, I can seek a connection with my parents or my children in that way. I do what they want, they do what I want. Right? It's like, it's a connector. It, it, puts us, it puts us together with each other, even if the act itself, parents and children, is not that important or not that significant. But this is fact that one is doing it for the other is a, is a drawing close of these, two, of these two people. So when it comes to God, the mitzvot enable me we're sort of able to do what God wants me to do. That's a terrific thing. That's a terrific that the Dohafla God, the people who built the Tower of Babel, they didn't have that. So they came up with a scheme, and their scheme was unacceptable. Their scheme was, we'll build this tower and we'll just zap up to heaven. So they were punished because they did not have the ability to think out the problem. Not because they wanted to do a bad thing. They didn't want to do a bad thing, but they didn't have the ability to do it to do it properly, to do it properly. So that's what that's what the the mitzvot are. What? They were punished. They did the wrong thing. They thought they could attack heaven. They could overwhelm it. They can't do that. The only way they can they can you get to heaven is by doing what God wants you to do. Then you'll get there. So what was the revelation of Yaakov Avinu before he went to Chutzlar? The revelation was Zeh Shar Hashemayim. What's a shar? What? A gate. What does a gate do? It opens. Right? It opens. It doesn't mean say shar. Listen to Yaakov. He's like walking around. He said, I just got it. What did I get? I get that there is a shar. La shamayim. That you can get there. You can get to heaven. You have to just go through the gate. You have to go through the You can't just go and bust up the rakia. That's not going to work. But the Shar Hashabayim, the gate that allows me to enter heaven, that's right there. And Beit Elohim, Beit Elohim refers to to the Beit Hamikdash, right? So Beit Elohim and Shar Hashabayim are connected to each other. So that you, if you operate within the context of the Beit Elohim. Then you are able to get to Shah Shaman. That's very simple. Very simple revelation. Very simple revelation there. Yaakov you know, might have thought that, that, that since his father was a very great, what do they say today? 
tzaddik. Right? A very great tzaddik. Which then means today that you have a long beard. But his father was really a tzaddik. He didn't know what was going on. Yitzhak did he know what was going on. He had nothing. He was just with God. Everything he did, he did by mistake. Of course, it's possible to reinterpret everything. But let's take this, this uh, track. He was totally committed to God. He allowed himself to be sacrificed on the altar. He was not any less devoted than his father, Abraham Avinu. This is like a remarkable thing. Along comes Yaakov. Yaakov, you know, he's got trouble with his brother, he's got trouble with his mother, he's got a, he's got a cheat, he's got a lie, he's got a, I mean, he tries to learn Torah, but they're always running after him about the... So, so how is he going to get there? How is he going to get to be like his father? So he says, Beit Elohim, it's absolutely remarkable. The dream of mankind, womankind, the dream of, of, of unifying ourselves with heaven, it's right there. Where's Yaakov Avinu? So what did Yaakov Avinu learn on the way out of Eretz Yisrael? As I get back to where we started, what was the lesson that Yaakov Avinu learned from the Malachim when he left Eretz Yisrael? That there's no, you can't replace it. You can't do in Chutzlar what you could do in Eretz Yisrael. Because Shar HaShamayim only exists in one place in the world. And that's in your Shalai. That's what Yaakov Avinu learned. It was the lesson. God told us, going to show him something. They looked at Yaakov, this is this, this. Here it is. You know the angels? They're going up and they're going down. They're going up and they're going down. There's Eretz Yisrael angels, the Chutzlaret angels, but the ones who are connected, the ones who are connected to Beit Elohim, they can't go to Chutzlaret. They have nothing to do there in Chutzlaret. So he who the Akonishvah who taught Yaakov Avinu taught Yaakov Avinu this that this is Beit Elohim this is Shara Shemai and therefore the dream of mankind that somehow we'll discover the key to connecting to the Rebbeinah Shalala that can only happen in one place in the world so that Eretz Yisrael is distinguished from the rest of the world for Yaakov Avinu not because there are bits of that are connected. I mean, it's true there are bits of connected to Eretz Yisrael, which are not connected to Kutzlar. It's all true. But the, the, the distinction, the way Eretz Yisrael is distinguished from the rest of the world is the Zeshar Shabbat. And that's what Yaakov, that was the lesson that Yaakov learned when he was on his way to Kutzlar. By the way, the Kutzlar, they shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that everything is the same. Not everything is the same. Not everything is the same. And I told you, I think, well, I don't know. I know how many of you here were here when I told you, but I said that the, the creation of the world, the creation of the world by the Evangelist was a creation in which there was a special place. Right? You understand? Adam and Chava lived in Gan Eden. What's Gan Eden? Gan Eden is a special place within a larger place. The world. Now, why couldn't the whole world be Gan Eden? Why did God make Gan Eden? So you see that that uh, uh, man was was expected to understand that in the world there's a special place, and in that special place you could achieve things that you can't achieve 
any place else. And that special place, after Gan was closed, right? Gan was closed because of what Adam and Chava and the snake did. After Gan was closed, then, then uh, Eretz Yisrael was opened up. Right? Eretz Yisrael was opened up. And Eretz Yisrael is all, you know that the, 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 the Rashi says, based on the Gemara, that Yaakov Avinu had kfitzat aderech. You know, there was this problem, there's a problem in the Gemara, like, where exactly was Yaakov Avinu when he had this dream? And, uh, because he said that he was in Beit El. But we don't want him to be in Beit El, we want him to be in Yerushalayim. So, how can we move Beit El? So, one of the explanations is that the city of Ahara Moria jumped to Beit El where Yaakov Avinu was, so it was in two places at the same time. So, like, if you think to yourself, what does it mean to be two places at the same time? It means there's no distinction between them. It doesn't matter where you are in Eretz Yisrael, you'll understand this. It doesn't make any difference. You know, the reason that there's confusion at the beginning of the Parashat Vayetze about where exactly was Yaakov Avinu, right, where he started out in Be'er Sheva, and he ended up in Beit El, but it doesn't say any place that he was in Yerushalayim, Haramuri, or any, any of his other names. But it doesn't make any difference, because of Kvitsa Sader. Kvitsa Sader doesn't only mean uh, Yaakov Avinu traversed many kilometers in a short period of time, but it also means that this, the Haramuri came to Yaakov Avinu in Beit El. So what difference does it make where you are? It doesn't make any difference, because all the places are the same. All of Eretz Yisrael, from that point of view, is the same. Of course, the Beit HaMikdash is the Beit HaMikdash, but all the other places, all the other places are the same. Okay, I don't know if I've explained it, but I hope I have. Uh, this is, these are the angels. This is the meeting of... Uh, excuse me. Please sit over there, so that I don't get the, the trouble with heaven. Uh, you don't think, Nisina, what you did, you, you, you relieved me. Well, easy enough. Now, the second time, the second time that Yaakov Ravinu met with the angels, uh, it's uh, the next section in Pasuk Bet. Yaakov Ravinu left Lavan. Lavan, remember Lavan? Well, that's a bad guy. And so they, they, they made an accommodation. Yaakov and Lavan, they set up a boundary stone, right, which is the way they used to do it. And from, from the stone east, that was Lavan territory, and from the stone west, I guess, was, was uh, Yaakov territory. Okay. So Rashi says, Rashi says this, that he met up with. He, he bumped into, he bumped into the angels of God. He was going back there to Israel, right? He was, he left Laban, was going back there to Israel. By his Rashi says, Malachim shall Eretz Israel baal lekroto that's what Rashi says. I mean, I think uh, it's a well-known, right? well-known, well-known Rashi that the angels that he left behind when he left Eretz Yisrael now came along to 
to bring him back to Eretz Yisrael. Now the Ramban, the Ramban who, who does not make an appearance on the sheet here, the Ramban says this. He says, what's Rashi talking about? What do you mean Eretz Yisrael? He wasn't Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't Eretz Yisrael because it'll take, he, he was at the place called Nakal Yavot. <laughs> he still had to go through Ammon and Moab and Edom. All those, those little nations that are on the eastern side of the, on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Right? That you must know, right? You know where the Jordan River is? <laughs> it goes like this, on the map, up and down. Yeah, sometimes it's little, sometimes it's big. But uh, the Jordan River is today, like people think of it as being the easternmost boundary of the eastern boundary of, of Midinat Israel. Certainly the Prime Minister of Israel helps us with that. Beyond that, there were a lot of nations that the, the Jewish nation had uh, contact with over the over the generations, right? Ammon and Moab and Edom. Right? So he was east of that. He, Yaakov, was still east of that. So the Ramban doesn't understand why Rashi thinks he was in Eretz Yisrael. He wasn't in Eretz Yisrael. But, but, as we said before, the places in Eretz Yisrael, where you are, doesn't make any difference. Everything in Eretz Yisrael is the same. So you know that the biblical boundaries of Eretz Yisrael are much, la- are much greater than the boundaries that were established by Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua Binun. So if you look at the greater boundaries, you see that, you see that uh, 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 it is part of Eretz Yisrael. So it's, again, we don't understand exactly what the Rabban is so overheated about. So I think that the answer is that the Rabban thought that these angels... They were Olivia Yordim, were angels that were specifically connected to Hara Moriah. And it's, he, according to the Ramban, for the Ramban, he shouldn't meet up with these angels until he gets to, uh, until he gets to Yerushalayim, to the place of Yerushalayim. So, uh, uh, we see though, we see though that when you come to Eretz Israel, everything changes. The world that you live in changes because suddenly you're in the world of the angels. You're in the world of the angels. Now we'll go to the third, to the third case. The third case is the, uh, it's the, the battle that, uh, the battle of Yaakov with the angel of Esau. The battle of Yaakov with the angel of Esau, uh, which is like a very strange, a strange story. I mean, if God wanted to tell Yaakov he's going to win, or he's not, he doesn't have to worry. I mean, why did he need the whole story with the angel of Esau who was going to... Uh... So, in, in any event, the Pesach says these words. If you look at the Masek, where it says, the second Chulin, that Tzari Chetavarawet, now, Beheyav Ko'imo is turned out to be a difficult word. Like, you see the word Avak, 
Aleph Bet Kuf Avak is dust. Like with, with two people are fighting, you know, and, uh, they, they kick up a lot of dust. But this is not the only interpretation. Like what is, what is Behiyako Imo? Is that on the bottom? No, it's quoted in the Gemara. You see where it says about second pull in at the bottom. So, so we go to the next line. Veshuben Lakisha Makra Bei Av Ko Imo. Right, that's that's what the pasuk says. And the pasuk is not on the sheet. That is a mistake. But uh, Huh? Yeah, but you don't have the pasuk. You only have a, a piece of the pasuk. You have the pasuk. Where's the pasuk? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. You do have the pasuk. Hey, that's great. So wait, one second, one second, one second. Uh, a yaki lo yachalo the yigav kafi rechova. So this is a kind of a strange pasuk. Again, if we try to translate it, he couldn't do it. He couldn't overcome. Who couldn't overcome? The, the, the angel could not overcome the power of Yaakov, who spent uh, many years out in the in the field, you know, tending to the flock, so I guess, guess it became strong and so he says Vateka Kaf Yerech Yaakov Vateka he kind of connected to it he held on to it to the Kaf Yerech Yaakov what's the Kaf Yerech Yaakov I don't know. The heel of the leg of Yaakov. Right? The heel of the leg of Yaakov. The Yaakov Imo. So, so this Pasuk describes the battle between Yaakov and the angel in kind of a static way. They, they, were, they were like stuck. They were stuck together. The angel was holding on to his foot. And that's clear what Yaakov, what Yaakov was doing. Right? But it does say in Pasuk Chet, Kav Chet, Kav Hei, Vayeavek Ishimo Ad Alotashacha. Then when Alotashacha came, when the morning came, Vayeom Eshacheni Nafi, Alotashacha. It's sort of like negotiating. They're stuck. They're stuck together. There's not a fight going on. Because if there was a fight going on, then the angel wouldn't be able to say to Yaakov Avinu, let me go. And they would be fighting. So let me go is something you say when, when things are, are static. You know, like you twist the guy's arm around. Or you put him in, you know, you tie him up. What, what, what does that mean, Shalchein? Who's holding on to whom? Who? Who's holding on to whom? Esau's holding on to Yaakov, right? Esau, yeah, the angel of Esau is holding on to Yaakov's leg. But Yaakov must be holding on to something also. They're sort of like stuck. You get this impression that, that it's a Rembrandt painting. You know, like nobody's moving. 
And so, since nobody was moving, and nothing was happening, and nothing's being resolved, so the angel says to Yaakov, right, the angel says to him, let me go. They're not fighting, they're stuck in their position, which happens sometimes when you start out fighting. He says, Shalcheni Shaka. It's daytime. I gotta go. You know what Rashi says based on the Gemara that the angel wanted to go back to, to, to sing the Shira. Sing Shira, to sing the song. Where do you see sing Shira? Where does, where is Shira being sung? <laughs> when the Korban Tamid was given. In the morning, the Levian, Levian would sing when the korban was given. So we all know that Chazal understood that there was a Beit HaMikdash in heaven that paralleled the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. In fact, at the time that Yaakov and Esau were fighting together, by that time, there was only a Beit HaMikdash in heaven. Right? There's not yet a Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim. So what is the angel? I'm reinterpreting this angel of Asaph. Asaph, you know the angel of Asaph? He says, I gotta go back to the Beit HaMikdash in heaven because I'm one of the singers. I sing. Now you remember, what was the revelation? What was the revelation of Yaakov when he left Eretz Yisrael? You can go up to heaven. What is the revelation that Yaakov finds out now about Sorrow Shal Asaph? That he has the job of singing Shira the Beit Hamikdash in heaven, singing Shira the Beit Hamikdash in heaven. So we have this picture: static, static, and then the the the, the sorrow shall Asaph says, "Let me go. I want to go to heaven. I, wa- I want to go back to where I supposed to, where I came from. I don't want this job of of being uh, 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 in charge of the Asaph issues of the world. <laughs> I don't want that." Rabbi, can you think of it maybe as like arm wrestling where there's, they're at a draw? Nobody's winning. Okay. They have to say, you know. I don't want to do wrestling. Arm wrestling like this, you mean? Yeah. I mean, oh. I, 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 you can nobody can win? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I'm not so good on reality. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the about this uh, angel of Esau? Does Yaakov have an angel somewhere? Or, and we'll receive. Yaakov is Yaakov. I mean, he's doing pretty well. <laughs> you know, he, why call out the troops if you can do it yourself? Was, 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 Rosh, was Rashi the first one to say that this angel was an angel of Yaakov? It's not the anything that Rashi says that somebody didn't say before Rashi. That's the greatness of Rashi. He's the, he's the one who picks and chooses. Picks and chooses. Now look. There's a Gemara in Chulim. See this Gemara? Masaj Chulim Darsani There's a line in the Gemara in Chulim. Now there's a line missing from the quote, but I'm going to tell it to you. Rav ben Lakish Amar. Amar Kra Be'atol Imo. So the question was, what does it mean? What does it look like? I'd like to know what it looks like. It's like Rembrandt. That's that question. Right? I don't know exactly. 
what the, I mean, I'll tell you what the words mean. Ashuba Bithi said, it's like he was hugging him. Right? They were hugging each other. Like a person who who loves, who, who, like you come in, you, you just, you just put your hands around him. What? Embrace. Embrace. Uh, maybe that's a little too liberal. You know, like, like, it's a way of saying hello. Like, you know. Yeah. Like Americans don't do this. But the French, maybe they do. They have co-emo. Ka'adam shechoveket chavero. Chovek. It's to embrace. You know, like, but really, but, 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 they did it seriously. And in this embrace, he somehow grabbed onto the other guy's foot. Right? And, and, and he's holding him. That's called an embrace. That was the way they did it. According to no, no, he, it was like he saw an idolater. Yaakov saw the idolater, the Amamar, Yisrael, Shemitfarlo, Yitfarlo, Ovitochav Mederech, Toklo Liyamino. Toklo Liyamino. He says, if you meet up with an idolater along the right way, whack him. Right? So that's what he was doing. You made these two interpretations. Two Tanaim, two Emoraim are trying to figure out what this Pasuk is saying. Bayavek, is that what it says? Bayavko Imo. He says, what does it look like? What does Bayavko Imo mean? So one of them says, it's like meeting a great scholar on the road. You can't contain yourself. You just start hugging him and kissing him. The other one says, no, it's about, it's about meeting an idolater on the road. What do you do? Chuck them. Right? You just whack them. Right? What is this? What does this mean? So, I thought I would just mention, if you look at the second side, or the second page, second side, I guess. Second side, there's a quote from uh, the Garrett Tehman. The Rambam wrote a letter to people in Taiman uh, about their Jewishness. There was some doubt as to you know, whether they had done everything in a perfect way. They were oppressed by the king of Taiman and they were forced to act in certain areas in a non-Jewish way. And the Rambam actually wrote this Igeret, uh, which is sort of like a long letter. Uh, tried to explain to them that they were okay, that they did everything they did under duress or whatever they did can be. So, like in this in this letter that he wrote to the people in Taiman, there are certain other other things. I just want to make sure you know what this pasuk means. You see this pasuk in Shayao? Ko, you see the Rambam quotes it. That's why I I said Lo Yitzlach. Kol Kli Yotzer Alayich. Everything against you. What's a Kli Yotzer? Rashi says, Kol Kli Zayin. Asher Yiltishu. Any kind of weapon which will be sharpened. Bechadidehu. 
All the weapons that primitive people bring to bear, other nations bring to bear against you, will not be successful. And, and language will be with you, right? That, uh, that uh, you'll be guilty of mishpat that somehow not, there's, the, there's the weaponry and there's the language so that you will not be defeated by weapons weapons of war and you will not be defeated by mishpat by, by courts in any way so let's look at what the Rambam what the Rambam says um, the Rambam says let's start from the beginning that the Torah distinguishes us from all the people in the world, the Rambam says. And and so God shows us from amongst all the other nations. It's not so much that we were worthy. Okay. For some reason God shows us. We may not have been worthy, but we are the chosen people. It's not because you are, uh, are many, but God, uh, for some reason, God chose the name Israel. So the Rambam says, God said, we were chosen for some reason, but having been chosen, we're obviously better than everybody else. This is the Rambam. I, I, I didn't say this. The Rambam says, we're obviously better than everybody else. We have the Torah, we do the mitzvot. This is the Rambam's feeling about, uh, about things. Shinema, and he quotes the Prophet, etc. We're up to line seven, I think, seven. Kina'um akum here. See, it says, Kina'um kada'unu ha'akum kulam al-dat'enu kin'agidola. So they hated us. The, the Goyim. They said, oh, look at these, look at these people. They're chosen by God. They're very smart. They keep winning, winning that Nobel Prize. Right? You know, like we're sick of them. It's, a, it's like Kai in the Hevel, right? It's the Kai in the Hevel story. Hevel did better than Kayin. God says to Kayin, well, if you improve, you might get to be like, like Hevel. I will approve of you, just like I approved of Hevel. What does Kayin say? That's the long road. If I kill Hevel, then I'm the only contender. 
there isn't anybody else, so I have to win because there's no one else, there's no one else there. So this is annoying all of the nations of the world. And he says, he, the Rambam, says, there's all of these enemies who are people who fought against the Jewish people and actually tried to kill them and stop them and stop them from doing the mitzvot. So the Rambam says, so I'm up to line 11. I want you to follow me. This is one of the two ways that they try to do us in. He says there are the other way that they tried to do us in was to outsmart us, to be smarter than we are. And who does he include? Yadomim, Parsiim, Yivanim, the Greeks, the Persians, and the Edomites. So that, that uh, I, I, I will stop reading. But I just want you to understand that what the Rambam says, what the Rambam says is that there is an ongoing, constant opposition in the world to Am Yisrael. And that opposition takes, uh, uh, takes two forms. There is the physical opposition, you know, war and murder and uh, etc., and then there's the intellectual opposition. Philosophy and science and, you know, they used uh, people, smart people from the other nations, well, use these methods in order to do us in. In order to make sure that no one would, uh, would think that the Jews are really clever or they really know something, so they, they attack them. They attack them by, you know, like, uh, uh, I don't want to say anything with this. Because you have to deal with that. So, this is the pshat in the Avek Ishimov. Everybody knows that Esav, Esav and Sarosho Esav represent the ongoing struggle that Am Yisrael has had to put up with in the last, uh, all the generations, right? The destructions of the Temple, Rome, uh, uh, Christianity, Etc. Etc. I don't have to. I have to go into that. So those those uh, 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 attacks against Am Yisrael take two forms, according to the Rambam. One is the physical attack, right? The physical attack, uh, the guns and the, the knives and uh, etc. And the other is the academic or intellectual attack, uh, attack where. Uh, where academically Am Yisrael is put down for the ideas that they had. So the Gemara says, Vayayavek ish imo, 
What was it that Yaakov and the angel of Asaph, what were they acting out? So Shuban Lakish says, well, it was like when you meet a great scholar. And Rachanina says, oh, it was like you meet an idolater, drunken, uh, 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 fighting, uh, war-making kind of idolater. That Yaakov, from the third angel, from the third angel learned that the attack against Am Yisrael would always be of these two levels. No, you cannot live here. No, you can't have the books that you need to be Am Yisrael. And that's the that's the Talmud Chacham and the Oved Oved Avodizara. So the third angel taught Yaakov taught Yaakov that the battle against Esau is ongoing because after all he let the angel go and he himself, Yaakov, limped away indicating that he had been somewhat uh, affected by what happened to him right? and that he learned that he would have to forever fight for his own, uh, own existence on the two levels that the Rambam mentions to us which are uh, he then puts into that pasuk in Yeshayahu that we learned. So, Yaakov Avinu learned a lot from the, the angels. He learned what Shara Shomayim is, and he learned that Eretz Yisrael stretches out beyond the Moshe Rabbeinu Yoshua Binun borders of Eretz Yisrael. And he learned that the struggle that he is part of with the angel of Esau is ongoing, never-ending, and is going to always be fought on these two levels. Right? The, the, the level that says, Am Yisrael uh, should be killed out and destroyed, and the other level that says, the ideas that are presented by Am Yisrael have to be denied and, uh, and uh, uh, proven to be counterfeit. So that the life of, of Yaakov Avinu, the life, the things that he went through, even if I just take the one idea about the angels, the things that Yaakov uh, Avinu went through were the determining factors, I think, of the next generation, which we call Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael in, in, in accepted and integrated and understood all of these things that Yaakov Avinu Taught that. Good job. Is it time to say good job?